Did the Oscars actually get something right? Probably not. But you're telling me there's a chance. We're going back in time to figure out what really were the best movies of a certain year. Today, we're going to the year 1994. Welcome to the People's Oscars. And the Oscar goes to. I'm your host, Dave Fimbo. Today, my special guest is Mark Perlman. Mark, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. It's funny, you know, I always listen to podcasts at 2x. Wow, I didn't realize Dave talks so slowly. You're joining us from halfway around the world. What's it like in Israel these days? Well, it's nighttime right now. I can see the future, but uh, it's hot, hot, and uh, that's about all. How does the rest of Thursday go for me? I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. 1994 is a special one. I've actually been saving this. I considered leading with it as the first episode, but I figured it would be better to work out some kinks and save this for when we were you know, really running full steam. And I'm honored... Uh, to be the one on 1994. And to be honest, I don't have my mind made up. Well, we're going to get through it all. This is not the deepest in terms of like 50 best movies, but it's very top heavy as we'll get to. And the the Oscars actually didn't do poorly, but I still think it it warrants revisiting. So let's see what the people want. Yeah, right. Time for act one. I think of this as the the cutting room floor where we just, you know, we don't need to praise anything too much, just kind of weed out ones we don't need to talk about. So some heavy hitters up front. Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption. I feel like we have to keep all three of those in the mix. No arguments here. Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah, I don't remember that. I think I maybe saw it once and I think it's enjoyable-ish, but I am I think we're ready to cut it. Yeah. Quiz show. Sounds like I'd really like it, but I never saw it. It's actually really good, but I don't think it's going to make our top five, but it's really good. Hmm. Leon the Professional. I thought that was a kid's movie, so I went to IMDb, and definitely does not seem like a kid's movie. It's not a kid's also, movie. It seems like I might enjoy it, but I never saw it. It's also really good. We'll we'll discuss it later. The Lion King. This is a kid's movie. Yes, and makes the cut. Yeah. Natural Born Killers. Yeah, I saw that when I was a teenager. I just remember being kind of confused and it seemed violent and strange. Yeah, I don't think it's aged that well. I'm going to go ahead and lose it. The Hudsucker Proxy. Didn't realize that was a Coen Brothers movie until I did some research for this podcast. Um, I don't think I ever saw it. It's also great, and quite a year for Tim Robbins. Shawshank Redemption and Hudsucker Proxy, same year. Mm -hmm. That's probably about all I have to say about Hudsucker Proxy. It's good. Check it out. (laughs) There's a hula hula hoop scene. And then get immediately dropped in act two. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not in the top five. So we're just going to lose it. <laughs> it's good. All right. True Lies. 
Yeah, good action movie. Good action movie. Makes the cut, I'd say. Um, not sure if it, maybe it was the best action movie of this year. Well, that's a segue um, into the next one. Speed. Uh, never mind. Speed is better. Speed is better. And I think that, like, True Lies is good, but it's also over the top. And mm-hmm. for my yeah, money... not over the like if you're gonna have if you're gonna have one action movie, give me speed for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and lose True Lies for the moment. I don't think it's gonna. If it can't pass speed, I don't think it's gonna crack our top five. Yeah. I mentioned quite a year for Tim Robbins, quite a year for Jim Carrey. Breaks onto the scene, uh-huh. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Mask, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Great year for Jim Carrey comedies when you're a teenager. Um, have you seen Ace Ventura lately? Okay. I'll go ahead and get into it right now. It's the movie I've watched the most in my entire life. <laughs> it was See, Dumb and Dumber is up there for me. Well, we'll get to Dumb and Dumber. Ace Ventura, it was the first movie that I owned on VHS, like with my own money, and it was my... It's number one in my movie collection, chronologically, okay? Mm-hmm. I watched yeah. that VHS over and over and over. I, <laughs> I started noticing things in the background. I, you know, had the whole thing memorized. Mm-hmm. I mean, dumb hey, and dumb. When du- was the last time you saw it? It's, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> have you seen it since college? No, I have not. See, I think for a lot of comedies, it, it really matters how old you are when you first see it. For sure. You know, like a lot of them, like I really loved when I was a teenager, and then you watch it as a as an adult, and you think, oh, that's not that good. So, and and I think for me falls in that category. I, I loved it when I was a teenager. I agree with you. I I've seen some clips on YouTube and. I have fondness because of the memories and nostalgia, but I kind of want to make the proposal, and we'll get, have to get into this later. I think you kind of need one Jim Carrey in the top five, and I yeah. But we'll get into that. Well, that's just a little a tease for later, okay? Yeah, so I'd say the mask probably wouldn't make the cut. Yeah, the and mask for me, is Cameron ma- Diaz is really hot back then. It's definitely not better than Ace Ventura or um, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, the mask is the worst of the three and does not hold up for much. All right, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll move on. We'll, we'll have to debate that in the next round. Maverick. Do you know this movie? I remember seeing a preview and asked my dad what a Maverick is, and it ended there. I ride hard for Maverick. It's great. I mean, I never saw it, so... Well... How, how great is Maverick? I would go back and watch it right tonight. I would absolutely be wow. pumped, be pumped for it. We'll keep it around. Uh, I, I have a feeling it's not going to make our top five. Ed Wood. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing it. All right. Clerks and Reality Bites. So when I saw Clerks on the list, I thought, I liked Mallrats better. I saw Mallrats first, and then saw Clerks, and taken eh, just kind of more of the same, but not as good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, th- I and think... And Reality Bites, I didn't see at all. I think Clerks 
notable for being the first Kevin Smith movie, mm-hmm. but I don't think people really. I mean, there, there's probably a cult following, but I don't think people are like, "Oh man, let's go back and watch Clerks again," like people did yeah. with Mall Rats or Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. I think we got to lose both. Go for it. Interview with the Vampire: Legends of the Fall. So I was at a friend's house, and it came on HBO, and it said there's nudity. So we watched it, and it was really weird, and probably not worth the nudity. That's Interview with a Vampire? Yeah. What about Legends of the Fall? Didn't see it. Yeah. I think we're losing both. I just, you know, I like to at least mention the movies in contention, just so Mm -hmm. we, we can say that we did. Yeah, I mean, Interview with the Vampire had like Brad Pitt and uh, somebody else famous. Tom Cruise, right? And we thought, okay, like, yeah, could be. And there's nudity, so, uh, you know, sounds great. But, uh, no. Nah. All right, what about The Crow? Didn't see that either. Yeah. Although, I remember people in school talking about how cool it was and, like, doing karate or something. Like, kicking trees. I think we're losing that, too. Bullets over Broadway. I don't even know what this is. So, it's a Woody Allen movie, according to IMDb. Yeah. I don't think I'm a Woody Allen fan. I never saw this. saw like one or two Woody Allen movies because he's famous, but nothing. Yeah. Clear and Present Danger. I didn't see it. Have you I've seen, seen any of these? Movies <laughs> in the time. <laughs> I've seen some of them. Some of them. I was going to say, like, I've seen some of the other Tom Clancy movies. Yeah, fine action movies, but nothing special. I tried to go back and watch this and was bored, so mm. not a great sign for it. Yeah. With Honors. I don't even know what this one is either. So, I saw that summer before college because, so With Honors is set at Harvard, but do you know where they filmed some of the exterior scenes? Oh, I hope you're going to tell me Southern Illinois. No, uh, but go three hours north to University of Illinois, ah. and you'll see some University of Illinois standing in for Harvard, but the movie sucks. Like, some gene, some guy types his thesis, but the computer gets destroyed, he printed one copy, and then some homeless guy gets, a, gets it, and then it makes him do stuff for him in order to get back his thesis. So, lose it. Oh, no. Naked Gun, 33 and a third. First Naked Gun movie I saw. thought it was hilarious. And and I think it would make the cut for now. Okay. All right. The next three I sort of have in a grouping. IQ, It Could Happen to You, Trapped in Paradise. A- any thoughts? I don't think I saw any of those. <laughs> okay. None. No thoughts at all. Uh IQ is really good. If you want a nice little romantic comedy, another Tim Robbins movie, actually. Tim Robbins is killing it this year. Wow. It Could Happen to You is also really how, good. I was going to say, how often do does a romantic comedy make the top five? So far, not so much. Like, if Britney had done the You've Got Mail 1998 episode, it might have made the cut. Uh-huh. I don't know. You know, just depends on the guest. When Harry Met Sally, I agree. Good movie. Oh, that's a good one. Alright. Do any of them make the cut, though? It Could Happen to You is also really good. It's the one where Nick Cage splits the... Oh, Nick Cage. I got it. <laughs> he splits... I mean, 
All of the viewers of this podcast know that you love Nick Cage, right? I mean, you know, the list is a mile long, but yeah, I like Nick Cage. And then Trapped in Paradise is the one that I don't even remember. I think I saw it, but it doesn't mean anything to me. So two Van Damme movies coming up. Time Cop and Street Fighter. So I'll take Street Fighter first because I loved the video game. Right. Does not translate very well to the big screen, though. It's hard to believe that people gave Van Damme lots of money to star in movies. I think it's a good one. I mean, it's fun to see, you know... Oh, I was absolutely in the theater for Street Fighter, 100%. Yeah, me too. But it's not good. It's fun to see the characters, you know... Right. Live action. Sure. But, you know, once you're actually playing the game, it's not that much fun. Airheads. Airheads. Did not see that. It's kind of stupid. All right. (laughs) Who could have guessed from the title? (laughs) All right, three basketball movies to talk about. Hoop Dreams. A lot of sports movies this year. Yeah, Hoop Dreams, the documentary, Blue Chips, and Above the Rim. So I saw Blue Chips, thinking, you know, Shaq and Penny. Yeah. And then not liking the movie. Okay. Uh, did not see Hoop Dreams, did not see Above the Rim. Are any of them any good? <laughs> I, there I, are some other sports movies on, on this list that, are, that I liked. I think Blue Chips, like Hoop Dreams, is like a three-hour-plus documentary. I mean, it's mm-hmm. that's not going to be in our in our wheelhouse. Blue Chips, yeah. I, I thought was entertaining and interesting, but it has some problems too. So, mm-hmm. I think I think we're going to lose all three. All right, now, the next grouping. These are four kids' movies: Little Giants, Angels in the Outfield. No. no. Richie Rich. No. Blank check. Out of all of those, only Richie Rich could get a pass because that's Macaulay Culkin. All of these I think I enjoyed when I was 11, but none of them am I going to go back and watch as an adult. Would you show them to your kids when they become 11? Okay, that, that, that's actually a good question. They like it, but you can watch it? Of these... I might go Angels in the Outfield for the kids, and I might go Blank Check. I think those are fun. I might, I might show them Little Giants too. I will. I mean, what the hell? I'll show them all. Like, are you gonna get a VHS player so you can show them Ace Ventura? <laughs> yeah, I think I should. Last two on the list: D two, The Mighty Ducks. Yes. Major League Two. Also, yes. Good sports movies. Major League is classic. Yeah. Major League Two is that one good? It's not bad. I always feel like with sequels, at least in this era, that they always paled in comparison. If we can switch to Mighty Ducks, yeah, let's talk D two. Did not pale. So this is the Iceland one. Yeah. And I thought about it recently when my kid got a black and white soccer uniform, and I'm like, oh, he's got the Iceland <laughs> kit. So. <laughs> We'll keep it you around. Flick your hair back like the coach. Yeah, we'll keep it around. So th- yeah, that's it. That's on. the whole list. It's not super long. It's and we don't have that so much. I noticed there was one movie. There's one movie I'm not on your list that I enjoyed. Okay, wait on me. Did you see PCU? A politically <laughs> correct university. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Piven. You know, I think I had it on the list, and then I deleted it because I thought it wasn't worth mentioning. What? <laughs> oh, man. That was so funny. 
Okay, we'll put PCU on the list. This is our first like write-in suggestion. So PCU. I mean, I just needed it to be mentioned. They don't have to take right. it any farther. It's on the list. We are ready for Act Two. The nominees. I want to go ahead and cut this down. Just I don't think there's actually that many to really consider. Okay. I'm cutting IQ and It Could Happen to You. Fine with me. Never saw them. Even though Leon the Professional is really good, I think it's not in my top five, and you're unfamiliar with it, so... One-sentence synopsis on IMDb made it sound really cool, though. It, I mean, it is really good. Like, it probably is in the in the six to ten range for me, but if it's not in my top five and you haven't seen it... Who's going to argue for it? Reno and Portman are great in it. Naked Gun 33 and a third is not in our top five. yeah. Yeah, not the best comedy of the year. I also think, as much as I love it, I think we have to say goodbye to Maverick. Fine with me. So well, this, you, you said earlier you ride for Maverick. I ride hard you for ride Maverick. don't ride that far. Well, I'm not riding, like, all the way. Okay, here's what I like about Maverick. Full of twists and turns. You know, you know predates Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. And... Mel Gibson is like genuinely charming. Now, you know, Mel Gibson turned out later to have some issues, but in 1994, genuinely charming and a lot of good poker scenes. You know, it's fun. That's that's as fun, far as I read. Not uh, fun enough. Yeah, I would suggest that we cut the Lion King. Are you okay with that? No, I am not. Wow. Okay. Best Disney movie. What parent or like pet owner? Like has like lifted up their baby and done Azrenia, like how about Hakuna Matata? Okay, we're gonna keep the line in. You, ma- you made a strong strong case for the, the the cinema there. Okay, and it holds up. Like, see it as an adult, you can like it. See it as a kid, you can love it. Okay, let's move on to the Jim Carrey debate. Okay, I think it's Dumb and Dumber is the best of. The Jim Carrey movies in 94. So it's not going to be a debate. It's a short debate. (laughs) What what happened? How many times have you seen Ace Ventura? I've seen Ace Ventura probably at least 30 times. Mm -hmm. Dumb and Dumber, I've probably seen four or five, maybe. You know, I think Dumb and Dumber, you know, it's all about what holds up and what you still want to watch. And I I, I saw some clips on YouTube and the Dumb and Dumber really holds up pretty well. That's it. I've had it with this dump. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. I mean, going back to some of your earlier podcasts, I think Dumb and Dumber is, is better written, and Ace Ventura is more physical comedy mm. and slapsticky. It, it's funny that the movie is called Dumb and Dumber, and yet the humor is dumb, but also really smartly written, if that makes sense. Like when um, when Jim Carrey's trying to figure out um, the woman's name. Starts with an S. So swim, swami, sl- slippy, slappy, slimmin, salmon, simmon, swanson, swanson. Maybe send the briefcase. Look on the. Oh yeah, it's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> or if they got married, her name would be Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, that's nice. I mean, just... It would be better if she would be Happy Hanukkah. Just how many times, you know, they set 
they set something up where it seems so obvious what's going to be said, and then they pull the rug out from under you and totally redeem yourself. Yes. Also, it's, you know, I don't know if you go on the Twitter, but a lot of memes, a lot of jokes still being referenced, which I think is a sign of -hmm. something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber's great. Also, Pulp Fiction and Dumb and Dumber, quite a year for briefcases. That it's it's the major <laughs> yeah, plot device I mean, in both both movies. Nineteen ninety five must have been crazy for briefcases on the street. <laughs> Quiz show is really good, and I, I watched some clips to prepare for this. It's not in my top five. I'm not going back to watch Quiz Show, but it's really well done, and I respect mm-hmm. both the actors and writer and director and everyone involved. That it's not like they made a piece of shit movie. It's just not my top five. Six to ten range? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Can we cut PCU now? Did we give it enough? Yeah. I think I think it got as much respect as it deserved. Okay. Shout out Jeremy Piven. That's right. Alright. Between D2 Mighty Ducks and Major League 2, I'd vote for Mighty Ducks. Same here. Alright, so I'm cutting Major League 2 for the moment. And forever. I don't know why I say for the moment. It's like... When I cut something, it's it's gone. But okay. well, you know, maybe when you run out of years, you'll do 1994 again with a different guest. Because <laughs> you know, movies are very personal. I have thought about that by changing the guest, you could end up with an entirely different list. But like, what if Omar Epps is on the podcast? He might really push for Major League Two. Uh, I was trying to think: is Omar Epps in any movies at that point? Oh, he's in um, you know, Major League Two. He took um, Wesley Snipes' role. I didn't even remember that. So that's 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 an automatic strike in my book. William A. Hayes is a top sports movie role, and that is Wesley Snipes, not Omar Epps. Did you say that the strike in my book is a intentional pun? No, Mark. We're only we're already down to seven. That did not. <laughs> <laughs> Did not take long. Okay, well, Forrest Gump and Shawshank are definitely in. Cap, I agree. What else is on the list? All right, the, the other five are Pulp Fiction, Lion King, Speed, Dumb and Dumber, and D2 The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so I'm guessing this is when, when I say goodbye to D2. As great as it is. I think so. And I think that you'd honestly, if it was the original Mighty Ducks, you could make a better claim. A be- There's a better case to be made for top five for the original, I think. Yeah. So we're- Although it didn't have a knuckle puck. Oh, was that only introduced in D2? Yeah. Oh, man, I need to go yeah, back and watch. that kid from South Central. <sighs> Shit. All right. We, we love the Mighty Ducks. It's not in the top five, but it's it's darn close. I mean, I know what's the next obvious cut, but I think that we have to have Pulp Fiction in the list. I know you're not huge on it. Yeah, but it's for funny, I uh, like everybody else really likes it, so I'm fine saying it's top five. But for me, it's not my favorite Tarantino movie. I liked um, with the Mr. Pink and Mr. Yellow Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs, to me, was much better. If you like Pulp Fiction, if you play it in order, 
not that great. And just because of the the catch of you know the out of order timeline, wow, cool. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson's scene is of course iconic. So when we get into really discussing Pulp Fiction, I have some some nitpicks. I, I just watched it last night because I wasn't sure if this should be my winner or not. Wow. I think it needs to be in the top five. Okay. But I have some nitpicks. So that leaves us Speed, Dumb and Dumber, and The Lion King. Wow. Right, let's talk about Speed for a minute. It opens with an entire set piece unrelated to the action of the the main action of the movie. Like it sets it up and it's actually related, but it's not, you know, it's its own set piece. And that's thrilling on its own. Then you uh-huh. then you bring in there's a bomb on the bus. <laughs> like it's one of those that the plot really says it all. You can't slow it down and you can't get people off. So what do you do? Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. If it drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? Keep driving. I mean, <laughs> you keep driving until you run out of road. Uh, it's okay. I, I, saw, I saw it last year, and it's really great. Yeah, I loved it. And I was thinking, I haven't seen it in a long time. I was thinking... Now, is it fun to watch, to kind of laugh at, like the ridiculousness of it, like a face-off? Or is it still like a fun, straight-up action movie? Uh, It is fun, straight-up, in my book. So, the way I I look at it, Speed, best action movie of the year. Uh Dumb and Dumber, best... Dumb and Dumber, best comedy. Best comedy of the year. Lion King, best children's movie ever, maybe. Wow. Okay, so let me let me ask you a question. I come over to your house and I'm holding Lion King, Speed, and Dumb and Dumber, and I'm like, "All right, we can watch two of these <laughs> tonight." <laughs> well, which one? Which here's w- the problem with that premise? I'm not going to want to watch the Lion King with you. It's the wrong audience. I'm with offended. You, I'm going to want to watch Speed and Dumb and Dumber, but you know, with, with a you know, kids, or, you know, if you need some, like, wholesome movies, you you gotta go Lion King. That's a, a good argument, Mark. I I thought I had you... Is there a better Disney movie? I thought I had you dead to rights with my, which one are we gonna watch together, but... I, I mean, if you can tell me a better Disney movie, a better kids movie, you know, ever, you know, maybe you can sway me. But otherwise, mm. I think the Lion King has to be top five. Like, the music is great. The story is really good. Like, the story holds up, too. All right. So let's pencil in the Lion King for now. Does your... Obviously got a Hukuna Matata hard-on for it. No. I obviously didn't understand Hakuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata? Yeah, it's our motto. What's the motto? Nothing. What's the motto with you? I, I just penciled it Hakuna in for Matata. you. Hakuna Matata. All right, I'll take it. Let's, we're left with two great movies for one spot at the moment. Speed, mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber. 
between the two, which one would you rather own? Which one would you rather watch? Well, I can tell you that I actually own Dumb and Dumber. Well, I haven't seen it in a long time. I also, though, have not seen Speed in an even longer amount of time. I've probably seen Speed twice and Dumb and Dumber, I don't know, a dozen times. So I'm going to keep the comedy. i got to stay with Dumb and Dumber. I said from the start, I think to honor the year that Jim Carrey had, he deserves mm-hmm. one in the top five. Dumb and yeah. Dumber is what I was thinking. And so for the moment, I want to put it in. The top five. It's better than average action movie. Very good. Very entertaining. But how special of an action movie is it versus how special a comedy is Dumb and Dumber? That's you know, a, but if, you know, if you rank all comedies and all action movies, what's higher? Okay, so that's a really good case that Dumb and Dumber is rare. There's not a lot of dumb, smart movies or smart, dumb movies. Mm-hmm. They're usually either one or the other. So I'm fine with giving it to Dumb and Dumber. Where I would take issue is I actually think Speed ranks really highly on the list of action movies as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not arguing against Speed. I just think Dumb and Dumber is a little bit better. And it's impossible to compare the two, but in this case, I'd uh, I'd take Dumb and Dumber. So at the moment... Let's say you come to my apartment... And and you've got two movies, Speed and Dumb and Dumber. And you say, we can only watch one tonight. I want to watch this one. I mean, I... What do you say? It depends on what mood I'm at. I think both are equally watchable. So I might pick either one. Mm-hmm. So let me let me go this route. At the moment, here's what our top five is. Forrest Gump, uh-huh. Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, The Lion King, Dumb and Dumber. Is Speed... No, if it were my top five, yeah. I'd put Speed in and take out Pulp Fiction. Is that the only one that you think Speed beats out? Yes. Although this isn't, you know, the Mark's Oscar. This is the People's Oscar. And I know that people really like Pulp Fiction. Well, one thing I haven't, you know, set out to do is I don't usually try to go by what I think other people like what the masses would vote for, because one, I don't know, and two, it's my podcast, I'm going to pick what I want, right? Wow, you sound a lot like the the Academy. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was the, pe- you know, if it was truly, like, truly democratic, you know, we just put up a Twitter poll and that'd be the end of it. But that doesn't make for good content, you know? Yeah, except what about all the Trump fans that aren't on Twitter? Don't even, don't even say his name. Twitter is by far from uh, scientific. Okay. And for me, I would take out The Lion King and put in Speed. So we're both, Mm -hmm. we both have Speed fifth on our, or at least like in the top five, but we're, we're quibbling about which one to kick out. Uh Well, you're the host. So do we have different top fives? No, we can't. Or do we need to come to a consensus? We have to, we have to agree on a top five. So you want to put speed in instead of the Lion King? Well, that would, but that's you know that was just m- right. That's my inkling, but uh-huh. you know, if, if for both of us, speed is fifth because I'd have Lion King higher than fifth. Like, where would you have Pulp Fiction? So coming, I don't want to put all my cards down, but coming yeah. into the week, I thought that it Pulp Fiction was either going to be one or two. Wow! I watched it last night. 
and it did not hold up for me as much as it had in my memory. And so now I might put Pulp Fiction fourth or fifth on my own list. Here's where I was going. Is, is I can keep Pulp Fiction, but maybe Speed is just going to be fifth on both of our lists. You know, maybe we should just drop it and it ends up sixth. You know, if we both did a ranking and then combined our rankings, you know, I don't know if, if Speed would make the well, consensus top five. And let, let me raise this point. You know, I don't do this for other people to judge, you know, whatever. I mean, no one's ever going to be happy with someone else's rankings 100%, right? Right. But I feel like I, the project loses credibility if you say that Pulp Fiction doesn't even make the top five in a way. No, that, what I'm saying is Pulp Fiction should make the top five and Speed should not. Well, I, I think I'm leaning there, that way too. We both liked speed, and we <laughs> if we made our own separate lists, it would make the cut. But because we have to, you know, compromise, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna lose speed. So shout out Keanu Reeves, shout out Sandra Bullock. You know what? What you should really do is do 1994 with several other people, you know, and just do like top ten, and you know you could do like twenty minutes. On the top ten with several different people, put them all together and that, see see what comes up. That's not how we do things, Mark. All right, we're saying goodbye to Speed. Goodbye, Speed. We did it. We uh, we reached a top five. Time for a sponsor break. Let's talk about you for a bit. I'd especially like to talk to you, housewives, mothers, and really busy gals. Are you feeling you don't have enough energy to finish the day? Doctors have a special name for it. Iron deficiency anemia. But we call it tired blood. To feel stronger fast, I wish you'd give Geritol a try. It's a fast-acting, high-potency tonic. Geritol. Use offer code TIREDBLOOD. Do you have any reason why I did that? No. Geritol is one of the sponsors in Quiz Show. So I googled Geritol commercial and I found a 1954 Geritol commercial read by Betty White. And <laughs> I just uh, read it verbatim. So there you go. Geritol. <laughs> Tired blood. Tired blood is a real thing. <laughs> wow. That's why, uh, so this is 1954, that's why Betty White is talking to housewives, mothers, and really busy gals. I thought that was a Dave Fimbo special. No. As always, you can email in at thepeoplesosters at gmail, and now it's time to review the actual Oscars. This is a milestone, Mark. This is the first time where we have nominated a movie that was actually nominated for the Academy Award. Wow. I thought you were going to say because Tom Hanks finally made Oh, that is. I was I was going to save that too. But yes, this is this marks the first People's Oscars nominee for Tom Hanks. Round of applause for Tom Hanks. What an underdog. Okay. The Oscars went to the nominees Shawshank Redemption, Quiz Show, Pulp Fiction, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Forrest Gump. Really? 
Yeah. And the winner was Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. All told, that's a great list. Four weddings yeah. and a funeral kind of sticks out a little bit. Is that a Harvey Weinstein that film? Uh, Duncan Kenworthy is what it says. Uh, who did he rape? <laughs> well, maybe, uh, maybe he's not going to come on as a guest in the future. <laughs> it's time for Act 3. Our nominees. Forrest Gump. I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. You don't want to marry me. Why don't you love me, Jenny? I'm not a smart man. But I know what love is. The Shawshank Redemption. I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. This is just shitty pipe dreams. I mean, Mexico is way to hell down there, and you're in here, and that's the way it is. Yeah, right. That's the way it is. It's down there, and I'm in here. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. busy living you get busy dying Pulp Fiction and you know what they call uh, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? they don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? oh man they got the metric system they don't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is and what do they call it? they call it a royale with cheese royale with cheese that's right what do they call a Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac but they call it Le Big Mac the Lion King. I'm gonna be a mighty king, enemies beware. Well, I've never seen a king or beast with quite so little hair. I'm gonna be the main event, like no king was before. I'm brushing up, I'm looking down, I'm working on my God! Dumb and dumber. I'll tell you where. Some place warm. A place where the beer flows like wine. Where beautiful women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. I'm talking about a little place called Aspen. I don't know, Lloyd. The French are assholes. That's it. Now, how, how do you come to a conclusion with these movies? So... I mean, I'm gonna. It's time, to, it's time to lay some cards on the table, right? Maverick style. Uh-huh. For me, Lion King and Dumb and Dumber aren't in the running. I, I agree with that. And so the three that we're left to consider are the three that overlap with the actual Oscars Shawshank, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction, and Forrest Gump. I already know you're not too high on Pulp Fiction. True. Uh, so, you know. For you, it sounds like we're down to Forrest Gump and Shawshank. Yep. And I, I, I honestly don't have my mind made up. Alright. So, we haven't really talked about either one yet. They're obviously going to make it to this point. Yes. So, Forrest Gump. <laughs> this is an iconic movie. Yeah. And 
when I, I sometimes think about when am I going to show certain movies to my kids? Mm-hmm. This is one of those that I'm excited to show to them. I mean, you have to be old enough to kind of understand, you know, like it doesn't mean much if you don't know who John Lennon, JFK, Bear Bryant, if you don't know who those people are, the scenes don't have the same impact. I think you'll have to do some teaching while you watch this movie. But, you know, once you understand that, like seeing this movie and seeing kind of this, it's really a time capsule of the entire you know, 20th century. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I, when I was a student teacher, I showed this to one of my classes for like a few days because I didn't want to teach them anything else. Yeah, sounds like a really great teaching job by you. Hey, I think that might have been like the week after Illinois went to the Final Four. Shout out 2005, Fighting Illini. That's right. Okay, so we we have to talk about Tom Hanks. He's great. Perfect for this role. I mean... Perfect. On paper, you tell me, you know, we, we got a, a low IQ guy who's gonna go through iconic moments in history and kind of like say inappropriate things and not understand what's going on a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't sound like a good movie. <laughs> it really doesn't. No. <laughs> Tom Hanks makes this movie work. Yeah. So it, it was so great. I read the book by Winston Groom that was based on. All right. In the book, Forrest Gump is, kind of an asshole. Like, mm. really kind of, like, rude and jerky. And and I don't think it would played well, you know, in the movie. But Tom Hanks brings, you know, real likability to the character that um, it wasn't in the book. And I think it really, like, saved the movie. In your opinion, the movie is better than the book? Yeah. Like, the book has, like, more scenes um, but but the movie was fantastic. No, and it was already kind of long enough that like, it didn't need any more. So I I've not read the book. Does he actually go like meet JFK in the book and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think um, like everything in the movie. I could be wrong. They might have added a little bit of stuff. I think he really does like meet the, the presidents and things like that. I mean, one of the achievements of this movie is that. You know, you're you're making a movie in 1994, where a character is meeting a president who's been dead for 30 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just kind of cool that they were able to to do that, even on like limited 1994 special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. I also watched that this week. Awesome, like lead actor Tim Robbins, perfect for the role. It really brings a lot of emotion to it. Like you can really feel kind of what he's going through. Um, awesome story. Um, uplifting uh, at the end. You know, not so much <laughs> when he's he's fighting off the system, but uh, at the end, indeed. Or you know, wrongfully going to to, to prison. Um, it's just a like a really great emotional story. You know the ups and downs. Uh, Fantastic. All right. It's time to piss or get off the pot, Mark. Well, wait. What do you think of Shawshank? 
what do you think of Pulp Fiction? Like, why do I have to, uh, you know, pitch or get off the pot already? Well, because I'm going to discuss Shawshank and Pulp together as I make my my decision. And uh-huh. it's you have to make yours first, so. So it sounds like you're, you're pushing Forrest Gump out, then. Uh, for me, Forrest Gump is not number one. It's... It's, mm-hmm. it's iconic, and I w- look forward to watching it again with my kids one uh-huh. day. So, but it's not number one for me. Have you made up your mind already? I do have my mind made up. Okay, because I don't want to sway you. You're not so going to sway me, I no. I think my, my final choice is Shawshank Redemption. Because I think it's a better full movie. Whereas with Force Gump, I want to watch parts of it. Well, I can go in and out of Forrest Gump. The Shawshank, once, like if I'm flipping channels and it's on, I gotta stay for the rest of the movie. Okay, I think it's it's a more complete movie by itself. So, so I'm going with Shawshank. Nicely argued, nicely reasoned. Okay, so I came into this week really undecided, and I had to sit down and watch both Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction to kind of make a a stake in the ground, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing I noticed, you know, a key difference is in their names. One is the story of redemption, the overcoming being wrongly imprisoned, making something beautiful out of something terrible. Uh, The other is pulp. It's complex, interwoven, but lurid, transgressive stories. Pulp fiction didn't hold up that great for me. And on the other hand, Shawshank was even better than I remembered. Yeah, yeah. So a couple things I noticed on the, the rewatch. Shawshank sets things up and puts things in motion. Wait, they're giving you a lot of clues along the way. Red mentions sneaking in the Rita Hayworth poster like in the first couple minutes. Mm-hmm. The first time we see the warden, he says to put your trust in the Lord and hands them a Bible. The way it introduces characters is really impressive. Like we see every scene has this its own purpose. And so like we, we meet Red, we meet Brooks, we meet the warden, and they all have their little moments. And so you really get to know these characters pretty quickly, right? Another thing that I thought was interesting. So Andy Dufresne asks Red to get him a rock hammer one month into his sentence. It's not until two. Really? I never knew it was that early. It was super early. It's not until two years later that Andy discovers the soft material in his prison cell. Huh. So, you know, he asked. He legitimately asked for the rock hammer to shape rocks, and was doing that for two years <laughs> before he. Uh, which I thought was interesting, because like in my head, I was like, oh, maybe he asked for the hammer. Once he knew he was going to escape, but that wasn't the case. And then there's a line about how it would take you know X number of years to to get out of prison with that rock hammer. That's true. A couple other things I noticed. So the shot of Brooks when he actually gets out on parole and he enters this halfway house apartment thing. When he walks into the room for the first time, the rafter is very subtly at the top of the frame. And so it's not something that you would notice when you're first watching it. 
but when you're rewatching it, you, uh-huh. you're like, oh wow, like this, like it was there all along, you know. Yep. And maybe one of the the most important things, the pacing, it, it's a it's runtime is two hours twenty minutes, but the pacing is so tight, it's so carefully mm-hmm. sculpted that it never actually feels long, because every scene yeah. is you know getting you the point of that scene and every scene has a purpose uh i do have one nitpick about it actually i wanted to get, get i wanted to get your take on it. it i i was watching the whole movie and i'm like man this movie is flawless and then right at the end i don't think that we need the letter buried under the tree because uh-huh. the whole point of the letter he's like come meet me in mexico and yeah. he he already told him about the Mexico thing, like, why not just skip the whole tree thing and just have him go directly to Mexico? Your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I never thought about this before, but it, it's quite a leap for Red to all of a sudden you know, get out of prison and go to Mexico. But to find this tree and this rock that they talked about before, you know, you can get him there. And then, you know, okay give him the rest of the way. And is there anything else? Was there cash or something along with that letter? There, there, was, there was cash, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, gotta help out a brother. That's a fair fair argument. One, so, one thing I really liked, one scene I really liked you know, upon rewatching was um, when Andy Dufresne gets in at the warden's office and locks the door and plays the music on the speakers. Mm, yeah. The last time I saw it, I actually got a little emotional. It's it's a, I mean, if you think about Andy Dufresne, everything he does, it's for the people around him. Like he's in this terrible position, and he's helping them get beers, and he doesn't even drink any. He's mm-hmm. playing the music for them, you know. He and he sets and up the whole. He's going to take a beating. He sets up the library for everybody, and then he also helps that kid you know, get his high school diploma. So, yeah. you know, life has been taking a shit on him and he still is looking in every way to help out everyone else. And he finally gets to help himself like 20 years after he's been raped in prison. Well, I'd say though, when he helps other people, he's also helping himself. I think I don't think it's totally selfless. Well, sure. You but know, he gets beers, gets beers for the guys and then, you know, they're going to help defend him you know, helps the guards with their taxes and they're going to help defend him also and you know, give him some perks. I mean, he, yeah, sure, but he, you know, pretty nice dude is all I'm saying. Yeah. A few notes on Pulp Fiction. I mean, the dialogue is snappy and memorable. The visuals are iconic. The use of music is really well done. It gets points for originality, for sure. Okay, so Samuel L. Jackson is great but he's only in the beginning and the end and it kind of Mm -hmm. there's a stretch in the middle where it could be edited down it doesn't need to be this long and tarantino all these top three movies are long that we're talking about for this year yeah well sometimes you know you need over two hours to make a point but Mm -hmm. uh tarantino's acting appearance kind of ruined the movie for me So, uh, now you're not going to be able to get him on this podcast either. 
I mean, he's welcome to come on, you know. I am happy to discuss movies with him. Okay, so we both picked Shawshank Redemption in a loaded year. Yeah. Tom Hanks just cannot catch a break. Well, this was the first nominee for Tom Hanks. And, you know, you got to start somewhere. The People's Oscars is on record as being very pro-Tom Hanks. So, at least from the host, you know. I don't know about these other losers. So I'm pretty sure that Shawshank didn't win a single Academy Award. Seriously? Yeah. So I do have, before we get into the last segment, I do have a a very funny uh, Shawshank story. The very first time I saw it was 1997. I was watching it on TNT. Now, knowing what I know now, edited for TV movies, not the best way to watch a movie, especially for the first time. Yeah. But, you know, I was a kid and I had cable and I didn't think about it overly before starting it. So I get into it and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really getting into it. And halfway through, you know, you know who the characters are, you know... He's got a rock hammer, but you don't know that he's going to escape. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. Like, you don't, you know that there's redemption in the title, but they don't give it away that, like, he's going to escape. I'm watching on TNT. I'm, like, two hours in into the, it's a three-hour broadcast with commercials. Two hours in, they run a commercial for... The an upcoming showing of the Shawshank Redemption. Okay. In the commercial, they show a shot of the warden opening the Bible with a rock hammer cut out of the pages. That's a bad way to find out <laughs> the ending of the movie. <laughs> when we watch Sports Center to see actually what happened and they, they sort of score at the bottom of the screen and like crap well now I know, you know who wins this football game I mean that would happen even you'd be like watching like a tape delay you know they used to have baseball games or whatever on tape delay and the score would pop up in the middle <laughs> okay so the last thing we have to do you have to pick one part of the Shawshank Redemption who you would like to accept the award. Gotta be Tim Robbins. I mean, I've been thinking about this. All right, go ahead. Talk to me more about Tim Robbins. He makes the movie. What is he in every scene, practically? I mean, how can you do the movie without him? Who could do better in that role than Tim Robbins? Because he's tall, skinny, the hair. He looks like he might not be that smart. He looks like he might be easier to take advantage of. But in fact, like, he's running, you know, a lot from behind the scenes. So... Like, the writing, maybe? Like, Stephen King, like, created the, the you know, the, the story originally? Ducking was good. Okay. And how could you do with that Tim Robbins? A very fine choice, and no arguments here. I've been thinking about this. When I watch the movie, the part that I enjoy the most is Andy Dufresne. Yeah. Typically, you know, you would say, okay, the credit goes to Tim Robbins, right? As as you just did. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
is it possible to claim that Andy Dufresne, the character, is what makes the movie what it is? And not necessarily the performance that Tim Robbins does, but the character arc and journey that the character makes. I mean, if you put Tom Hanks in that role, would it be better or worse for the same? I think. I mean, I love Hanks. I think he. I think he could do it. I mean, Tim Robbins is perfect, but I think Hanks could do it. Okay. What about Nick Cage? No, Nick Cage. Did not. Nick Cage does not pull this off, for sure. So, I mean, I, I could buy that the, the character makes the movie. I, mean, I, could, I could buy Andy Dufresne accepting the Oscar. I mean, um, it, it's it's my way of hedging. Then, why, Go ahead. Why not just give the Oscar, or why not have the, the Oscar accepted by Stephen King, who created the character? So this is this is my way of hedging it a little bit, is that I think that... Because you have to pick one thing, and I think it's Andy Dufresne for me because it's a character created by Stephen King, brought to life by the director, and really performed by Tim Robbins. And so it's a combination of all three input. Like when I watch Mission Impossible movies, you know, it's Tom Cruise, you know. Ethan Hunt is just, you, you know, I'm not there because of Ethan Hunt's character. It's be, I'm there for Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me in Shawshank, I think it's Andy more than it is Tim Robbins, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. I'm but, still giving it to Tim Robbins. I mean, he doesn't need two from us. You know, that's overkill. Also, yeah. shout out Morgan that's Freeman. The other one's a fictional character. Yeah, this is the first for a fictional character. Congratulations. Uh, I mean, Morgan Freeman also makes the movie, and it's through his eyes and voice that we experience of the whole film, which is also a really nice choice yeah. that we're not privy to the escape plans, you know, were. Did you want to give it to Morgan Freeman's voice? That's goddamn right. It's a it's a top voice for sure. Yeah. The you know, the night that he escapes, Red says it's the longest night of his life. And it's really nice to mm-hmm. kind of be in those shoes versus uh-huh. Oh, I'm tunneling out the whole time. So that's a really smart choice. Yeah. It's kind of a callback to the first to Andy's first night in prison where he talks about how it's like yeah. It's the longest night or something like that. Yeah. You know, the the Oscars, they they nominated Shawshank and they gave it to Forrest Gump. Didn't quite get it right in my book, but, you know, still a strong. They weren't totally off their rocker. Yeah, they were close. All right, Mark. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. It's time to get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs>